You were born to create with wild abandon. Not to dull your shine out of fear that you're not good enough, not doing enough, or that you'll never be successful. So let's kick shame out of your creative practice so you can make art like magic. I'm your host, author and creative coach, Kristen Kiefer, and this is Wild Making. Happy Friday, friends. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may be surprised to see a new episode premiering on Friday, but I am switching to Fridays as my new episode launch day. Typically, in the past, I have uploaded on Sundays, but I don't actually work on Sundays, usually, so it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to share new episodes on Sundays because I wasn't really there to promote it. So we are switching on over to Fridays from here on out, and I am very excited to bring to you today's episode. If you listened to last week's episode on how to build trust and safety with your creative following or as you build a creative business, then you may recall the portion of that episode when I talked about how as creatives and as business owners, it is our responsibility to not only create trust and safety with everyone who engages with our creative work, but also specifically with people who are maybe unlike ourselves and may be less likely to immediately trust us when they encounter our work. So the example of this that I gave in last week's episode to kind of explain what I'm talking about here was the fact that I am a white woman. So my business is a white-led business. And I am keenly aware of the fact that white supremacy and racism are both very real things that are still happening in this world, still impacting black and brown people. And so it would make sense if black and brown people were a little bit less likely to just immediately feel safe in my creative sphere online upon encountering me. As a creative business owner, it is therefore my job to meet those people where they're at, and make sure that they feel safe and that they feel like they can trust me when they show up and experience my creative work. So when I was talking about that in last week's episode, I mentioned that all art is political, which I know for some people can be a statement that they might not agree with, and I didn't want to dig into that statement last week, but... There's always another episode that we can share here on the podcast, and so that is what I want to talk about today. The idea that all art is political, and I want to share with you why all art is political, and why it is important as creators, as artists, that we intentionally create art with this awareness that art is indeed political. Okay, let's dig in. So, as I've already said, All art is political, and I truly, it truly does not matter what you create. If you just write things or create things that are supposed to be simple and fun and entertaining, and you're thinking to yourself, I have no intent to criticize culture or examine some sort of like deep this, that, or the other with my creative work. I'm just here to create something that's fun and entertaining. I hear you, and your art is still political. In a moment, I'm going to explain why this is the case, but I also want to throw it out there that it's a good thing that all art is political, because this means that all art has impact and that all art 
matters. So to dig into that concept a little bit more, let's talk about first and foremost, what political means, what I mean when I actually say that all art is political. So many people kind of equate the word political with government because we think about politics and that word has such a strong connotation to elected officials and the way that a government is run. But that definition is a little bit too narrow for what we are talking about today. If something is political, all that means is that it relates to public affairs. Given that you are a person living within a society or a culture that features many people, you engage with public affairs in many different ways in your life, with what you buy, with who your circle of friends is, and there's a bunch of examples that we could give here, right? But the important thing to note is that your art and every piece of art that you consume is political as well, because art has an incredible power to shape and impact culture. So if we are shaping and impacting culture or society with our art, then our art is political. It concerns public affairs. It concerns what a culture or a society looks like. And like I said, it truly doesn't matter what you create. Your art has the power to impact society and culture as well. To give a very simple and very silly example of this, I want to take you back to about, oh, maybe 15 years ago when I personally was in middle school and in high school and everybody, every kid in school was saying one specific joke and that joke was, that's what she said. Every kid on the planet was saying this and I'm sure many adults were as well. That's what she said came straight out of The Office. The Office is a piece of art, it is a creation, and it deeply impacted society and culture at the time because it made everyone start saying this phrase. I was saying it at the time without even really understanding what it meant or where it came from, okay? I didn't even watch The Office growing up. So that's a very silly example of how art impacts public affairs, how art impacts culture and society. So I hope that in a very brief and specific way that gives evidence or helps you understand how art is always political, but I want to take a deeper look into this, give a more complex example, and share with you how something such as a romance novel, which you might think is quote-unquote just romance, right? how that is political too, okay? So one of my favorite romance authors on the planet is Talia Hibbert. She is a British romance novelist who writes really sexy, diverse romance that is not only like freaking hilarious and highly entertaining, but also really impactful, really politically powerful. Her work has quite literally changed my worldview kind of countless times over, for what I've nailed down to three specific reasons. First, Talia Hibbert's characters are really diverse. Some of her leading characters are black, some are brown, some are white, some are immigrants, some are rich, some are poor, some are chronically ill or or autistic, some are fat, some are thin, some are gay, some are bisexual, some are straight. You name it, Talia Hibbert has pretty much covered it 
in her wide array of characters that she's created over her many, many books. And yet, I want to be very clear about this, none of Talia Hibbert's characters are ever reduced to just the demographic that, or, or identity that kind of makes them quote-unquote diverse. Their quote-unquote diversity is not their entire identity as characters, it's just simply one part of them. They are not treated, Talia Hibbert does not treat them as ticks on some sort of to-do list to, like, get woke points. She just makes her characters real people. And real people happen to be black and brown and white. Real people happen to be straight and gay and bi, right? Real people happen to be chronically ill or autistic. Real people have these identities. They're not shoehorned in for woke points, like I said. She makes her people real. They have fears and flaws and desires that have nothing to do with their identities and ones that have everything to do with their identities. And exploring Talia Hibbert's stories through the lens of these characters, who many of them are very unlike myself, has opened up my own understanding of the world, made me a more compassionate person, a person who understands other people's experiences better, and is therefore better able to love the people around me in real life who might share some of these experiences or identities. So that is the first reason that Talia Hibbert's romances have had a deep impact on me and on everyone, likely, who reads her stories. Secondly, her romances are trauma-aware. Her characters often deal with really real and complex limiting beliefs as a result of difficult childhoods or traumatic experiences that they've had over the years, and Talia Hibbert always treats these trauma-aware storylines with immense care, with immense compassion. I, As a reader, I can't pretend to intimately know what all of those difficult childhoods or traumatic experiences were like, right? So I, I'm not really the authority to say that they were treated or handled or portrayed respectfully, but for all intents and purposes, it certainly seems like that to me. I know that Talia Hibbert has used sensitivity readers for some of her books when dealing with these subjects, and she often includes content warnings at the front of her books and in her book descriptions. So it's very, very clear to me that she cares deeply, not only about including these sorts of trauma-aware stories within her stories, because that's real life, but that she cares about portraying them accurately as best as she can. And once again, that inclusion has opened my own eyes as a reader, as a human being, to a better understanding of the experiences that other people have had in this world, which in turn has helped me be a better, more compassionate person and has helped me love other people better. The final point, the final example I want to give, is that Talia Hibbert's stories really portray healthy experiences with sex and sexuality, and especially as regards female pleasure. Now, I know if you are listening to the podcast, this is a topic that we've not really talked about before, and we are not going to be getting into any explicit details here today. All I want to share is that I am someone who has not only been raised within a culture that frequently disparages women and that frequently disparages women and treats them like sexual objects, but that I was also raised within a highly conservative 
religious family. And so a part of that was carrying around a lot of deep shame about what it means to be a woman and to have sex and sex before marriage and sexuality, right? And so seeing female characters in a, a romance novel engage in really healthy, consensual, shame-free sex on the page has been very liberating for me as I step into my own beliefs as an adult. It's empowered me in my relationship with my body and just on the subject of sex in general, and I'm really, really grateful for that. So can you see just how powerful a single author's books can be? How radically that they can reshape not just one reader or one person who happens to engage with a piece of art, but really the entire world, right? Because we do not exist in a vacuum. I, as a reader, have been impacted by the art that I have read and that I have consumed. It's changed my worldview, my perspective, it expanded my understanding of the world around me. And that in turn changes how I interact with other people and has even helped me have conversations with some people in my lives that have expanded their worldviews in turn. And this is how culture changes, this is how society changes, and this is why all art is political. Talia Hibbert might just write romance, but her stories matter. Her stories have impact, just as any piece of art that you create has the power to impact the world as well. How you depict the topics that you tackle within your art matters. How you define beauty within your art matters. How you express yourself within your art matters. Who you're creating for, who your art includes or excludes matters. How you approach your portrayal of people and human experiences in your art matters. How you approach mental health and trauma in your art matters. None of this is to say that you should or must depict all shades of the diverse human experience in your art in order to be politically correct or get things quote-unquote right. Absolutely not. You do not have to be all things for all people at all times. But you have a choice to make here. You can either create art in the recognition that all art is political and holds the power to uphold inequity in this world or to reshape the world for the better. Or you can choose to ignore this reality and make an unintentional impact on the world. That unintentional impact might not be super destructive, right? But it could be. You could uphold stereotypes and harmful, shaming narratives if you aren't actively aware of the fact that your art has the power to reshape the world and therefore you aren't intentional about what you're choosing, what what impact you're choosing to have when you create your art. On this topic as well, I want to say that it truly does not matter how big your audience is. Like I said, I am one single reader, right? And yet, because of books that I have read, because of art that I have consumed, I have had conversations with people in my life that have changed their worldview as well. One single person interacting with your art holds the power to change the world. 
there is a butterfly effect that can take place that you may never even see just because one person engages with your art. You do not need to have a million followers to have a huge publishing contract to have the you know this massive Instagram following. You do not need to have all of this quantity of people engaging with your art in order to make an impact on this world. Art has shaped my own worldview immensely. It's helped me unearth and rid myself of many internal biases and shame stories that I've carried for a long time, and it's continuing to do so. It's helped me love other people better. It's led me to have those conversations with people in my life that helped them grow and expand as well. Art is truly magical because it is political, because it holds the power to change the world. So tell me, creative, what will you, as an artist, do with that power? Thank you for listening to today's Wild Making. If this episode felt like coming home to yourself as an artist or a maker, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing to help this podcast reach a wider audience of creatives like yourself. And for more on untaming your art, be sure to check out my current coaching offers and subscribe to receive weekly wisdom-packed emails in your inbox for free at kristinkiefer.co. Cool? Until next time, shine on, my friend.